Hi everyone, and welcome to the 220th episode of Kingdom Hearts Union. I'm your host Brandon, and I'm here with Churro! Hey guys. What's up? Nothing much, just... Getting ready for bed. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I can imagine. Yeah, I'm, uh... I'm currently coming down off of a, uh, a big project that I've been working on. Um... Uh, you know, for those of you who had been fo- have been following me on Twitter and uh, been you know following me on on Twitch, for example, and you know me working on Celis, you'll know that I've been quite quiet for the past like month, <laughs> month and a half. And uh, yeah, I've been working on something on the side that I can't really talk about quite yet, but hopefully soon I can. Uh, let you guys know what I've been working on and you know, it, it's all, it's all good news. <laughs> so yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll let you know when I can let you know, but, um, can't wait to hear it. Yeah. We'll, 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 we'll see about that. But yeah, basically I'm coming down off of a bigger project and, uh, that's wrapping up now. And I'm just like kind of breathing a sigh of release, relief and release. And I'm kind of like super eager to maybe play a video game. I know it's crazy. Well, um, Mass Effect came out, so you can play that. Oh yeah. There, here's the thing, Churro. There's like so many games that I have been like that are on my back burner, and I'm not quite sure quite yet what I'm wanna like dive into. You know, there's there's big stuff. I've got like Cyberpunk. I haven't touched that at all. Really want to play that. I've got uh, uh, Yakuza Seven uh, or Yakuza Like a Dragon uh, that I haven't touched. There's a lot. Um, so I'm I, I kind of feel like uh, so I'll describe my current situation is as um. I'm 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 going to be slightly freer than I was before, but I'm not out of the woods yet. <laughs> so I can't like jump into like a massive huge 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 game like Cyberpunk or Yakuza Seven, but I am considering maybe, uh, and I'm gonna have to check on like how long to beat.com or something. But I'm actually thinking maybe a, of a hopping on uh, Shimigami Tensei 3 Nocturne. There you go. Because the HD remaster came out. If that's not too long, I might hop in on that. I'm currently also like on the side playing here and there little by little on my on my 3DS. I'm playing a game called Soul Hackers, which is a remake of... It originally came out on the Sega Saturn. It was a game called Soul Hackers. It's in the Shin Megami Tensei uh, universe. And uh, I don't know. The best way I could describe it is like uh, it's kind of similar to like Digimon a little bit, but like also similar to like Persona. Uh, it's in it's in a part of the SMT series called uh devil summoner and the apparently the original devil summoner is what inspired persona specifically persona one 
And when I play Soul Hackers, it's very much like Persona 1. So it's got the, uh, I don't know how much you've seen of uh, like the older Personas, but like it's got the, um, like the first person dungeons, for example, like whenever you go into a dungeon, you're like, you see it in first person and then you press, you know, up on the, on the D pad and then you move up one tile. Like it's, it's tile based. That's the thing. So it's tile based, but it's all in first person. You can rotate your character around. Um, it's sim. It's similar to Shimagami Tensei in the sense that um, it's like in Persona. The way it works is you have a party of human characters that have personas. E- each character has their own persona, and in the first two personas, uh, everyone was basically the wild card Arcana, where they could like use any persona they wanted, or you know. Uh, th- there was like affinities that would make certain personas work with certain people, uh, but uh, in SMT, how it tends to work is there's a there are human characters in the party, and then there are empty spaces in your party that you can fill out with demons. So, the demon characters sort of fill in the gap that you know that your normal party would have so in a lot of games it'll be like one human character and then three demons and you're all fighting together and you each get turns and you know soul soul hackers is kind of like that so far i have like two human characters and then i have space for like four demons so i think in total yeah party of six um yeah so far really cool i love the vibes it's like Kind of similar to how, you know, with Persona, every Persona game has, like, a really specific style to it that everybody really, like, gravitates toward. This has a very unique style. It's very old. Like, it still feels like it's a game from the mid-90s. Um, it's just been updated to be a little bit smoother and have uh, full-on English voice acting. But other than that, it's the same old game that it was uh, back in the past. Uh, complete with tons of uh, little CGI cutscenes with like really quaint, like PlayStation 1 era graphics. I love it. It's so good. So, so far, so good. But I'm also looking to maybe start up uh, maybe something a little bit bigger. Maybe, uh, maybe SMT3. I have not played that yet. Anyway, for you new folks, Kingdom Hearts Union is part of the podcast series called Final Fantasy and Kingdom Hearts Union and is presented by the Gaming Union Network. We release every Tuesday, rotating each week with Final Fantasy Union, and we come out on the iTunes Store, Spotify, KingdomHeartsUnion.com, and Kingdom Hearts Union's Twitter, which is at KHUnion. So we have a two-segment show today. We have a news segment and a question segment. Believe it or not, we did actually find some news. Would you call it news, though? <laughs> uh, okay, half of it is anti-news, half of it is news. But it's something. Look, it's something legally distinct enough to put in the news, new, the news segment. Sounds fair. That's, that's my favorite, legally distinct. And then, uh, yeah, we have our uh, question segment as well. In the way of announcements, as always, if you guys like the show, please consider supporting us on Patreon at patreon.com slash FFKHUnion. 
And we have our Patreon executive producers for this episode are as follows. We got Louis James, Zach Duranto, Rachel Casterton, who are at, who's at Orba Yun Ray, Barry Norton, who's at Nortron Zero, Zelda Clone, who's at Apes Type Novels, Joseph Robertson, who's at Pokemon Trainer J, Alex and Rachel Troutman, who are at Akira Namejin, uh, Miles Ribbons, Billy Jackson, who's at underscore Billy Jackson, Thorn Bullen, who's at Massacre23, Tom Hughes, who's at Tom underscore Hughes22, Yam Potato, Noah Luttrell, Ryzen, Sam Ennis, Chris Willis, Fayez Bilal, Joshua Johnson, who's at The Cancer Bus, Freya Lauren Luscombe, Tim Michael Vern, who's at Phoenix, uh, 02SA, Marco Liliu, and Timmy Turner's Babysitter. And be a part of the show. Send us your questions to khuquestions at gmail.com. And as always, just so you know, Kingdom Hearts Melody of Memory spoilers are fair game. I, we should probably change this to be like more current. <laughs> like Kingdom Hearts cross. cross spoilers <clears throat> are fair game. Can't believe we're actually going to put that, say that now. Yeah, yeah. Unicross spoilers on that fair game. <laughs> Yeah, we've uh, we've we've avoided Union Cross for a long time, but that's because you know Union Cross has been this like ongoing thing, and it's just like I don't know. I, I guess we we sort of played the Netflix approach where we just binge Union Cross a- at certain intervals. So yep. that's kind of where we're at, and I don't want to wait until you know I don't want to wait till Union Cross is over start spoiling that show or or that game so yeah it's uh that's on the table too so just just fair warning uh please everybody get caught up on union cross and everybody get caught up on melody of memory especially melody of memory like literally there's only like 30 minutes that you need to watch for that game you could just you could go on youtube right now you could watch it if look look I am talking to you out there listener that has not witnessed the stuff in Melody of Memory because there really is not that much at all so there's no excuse not to be caught up on Melody of Memory if you're not caught up on Union Cross I understand you know take your time you got to do it but I get it if you're not caught up on Melody of Memory what's going on get caught up it's really short you can get it done in like in your lunch break watch it on your phone like you you don't have to make a big event out of it just do it already you know this is just me talking to those of you that uh haven't if you have already no worries anyway moving on to the news all right Cheryl. so our first bit of news is what we like to call anti-news. <laughs> it's news saying there is no news. Kind of. Uh, so basically, uh, Tetsuya Nomura, this is actually a little bit older, but I just hadn't caught it until now, and I, I wouldn't be surprised if uh, maybe some people haven't caught it either. Uh, Tetsuya Nomura has confirmed that Neo, The World Ends With You, which will be releasing in July, will have no connections to Kingdom Hearts 3. And there you have it. And there you have it. Just but, in case you were wondering, but it has no connections. But Nomura's lied before. He's retconned things 
So that's true. That's true. He has retcon things. You know, he could change his mind later. I think what he's kind of, I think what we could probably take it for is don't expect at release world uh, Neo World Ends with you to have any sort of new revelations about Kingdom Hearts. Is what I think we can take it safely as, um, which I think is fairly you know a conservative guess to make because it just seems like in general for this year apart from union cross they're playing it very safe with kingdom hearts like it's clear they're building up for something huge next year but to do that they might be just like you know like they've said you know they're taking kind of a break this year so I th- I think at least for now maybe just don't expect anything out of this release of Neo World Ends with You. Yeah, plus now, only that. Yeah. Uh, Namor has also read the chatter of everybody online and Yeah, yeah. Everybody's like he, he's saying thinking there's going to be something. Yeah, he's saying it preemptively not to get your hopes up. Don't you Yeah. Know, don't go chasing waterfalls. Exactly. So, now in the future Maybe, you know, there'll be a Kingdom Hearts 4D, a Dream Dream Drop Darkness Deluxe, (laughs) you know, a new side game where, uh, what is his name, Rindo? Rindo from (laughs) Neo The World Ends With You, I think that's the name of the main character, the blonde blonde kid with the face mask. Maybe he'll show up in a Kingdom Hearts game. Who knows? Maybe in the future that might be something that happens. But I think, yeah, kind of like what you were saying, Churro, I think he's just saying don't get your hopes up for what's going to be coming out in July to have any sort of association at all with Kingdom Hearts. So, yeah, just fair warning. So that pretty much wraps up that point. Uh, The other news topic, now this this is actual news. It's just bad news. (laughs) Yeah, unfortunately. <laughs> so the bad news is uh, Kingdom Hearts 1.5, 2.5, and 2.8 will be leaving Game Pass May 31st. So if you are catching this podcast on release day, uh, you only have six days to uh, download and, I guess, play all of those yep. games. I don't know how it works with Game Pass. I kind of figure like maybe your access to the game, even after you've downloaded it, I, I feel like your access is kind of revoked at that point. It so. is, and then you would have to just delete the game from your hard drive. Yeah, so pretty much uh, if you haven't played it on, on Game Pass and you have an Xbox and you were planning on doing so, um, you have six days to beat <laughs> All all six of the things associated with uh uh no, not six like what nine like nine nine titles that are associated with one point yep. five two point five and two point eight. I mean, some of them are movies, but like still, it's a lot. So yeah, uh, b- basically, if you haven't already, I think your ship has sailed. Is the long and the short of it. Good news though, Kingdom Hearts three will be staying for the time being. Kingdom Hearts 3 is still going to be there. So uh that's the that's the good news, but uh yeah, we it's uh, unclear uh 
what the future will hold for Kingdom Hearts 3. I figure if uh, 1.5, 2.5, and 2.8 are open to leaving, that Kingdom Hearts 3, you know, the days of it being on Game Pass are numbered. I, I would say that's pretty safe to assume. So I mean, at least uh, they were put on there. You know, I can't complain. Yeah, exactly. So uh, hopefully uh, you enjoyed them while you had access to them. But yeah, for the... For, for the meantime, yeah, they're going to go. And, uh, yeah. So that's basically all the news. That's really all there is. But I do have one last bit that I guess, I don't know. This is not Kingdom Hearts news. This is Kingdom Hearts Union news uh, that I just wanted to mention real quick. Uh, since, you know, it's it's a bit of a milestone. It's a milestone for me, at least. Uh, that, yeah, as of last week, the 18th, 10 years ago is, uh, when I started on Kingdom Hearts Union. This Yay. is my 10th anniversary. Yeah. So I started, yeah, Churro, you started a, a bit before me. So yeah, you're going to have your 11th anniversary, but, uh, yeah, for me, uh, I started on the 28th episode back in May. On May 18th was when it released. May 18th of 2011. It was a long, long time ago. That was, a, that was a world where we hadn't played Dream Drop Distance. We didn't know about Kingdom Hearts 3 for a solid, and we wouldn't know about it for a solid two years. Two years and change. And uh, I was still in college. It was nuts. I was so. <laughs> yeah. I was yeah. doing somewhere, something. Uh, we didn't even know about the HD remasters yet either. Yeah, we didn't. So, yeah, I guess in that era, we were still, we were still basically in the era of uh, Dream Drop Distance, uh, Birth by Sleep, and uh, Recoded? Recoded was out. Yeah, it was. Okay, so Recoded was out. So we were in between Recoded and the HD remasters, and, uh, oh, and obviously Dream Drop Distance, so. Yeah, Dream Drop Distance wouldn't come out for another year. So yeah, that... Uh, I, I showed up at a very, like, <laughs> difficult time in the uh, in the series. And, yeah, we've been through all kinds of ups and downs, uh, you know, with the series. And, you know, it, it's it's been a it's been a great 10 years, you know, hosting the show. Uh, you know, I, I've, I've said it several times in the past, but, you know, I definitely am really greatly appreciative of the show of Lauren and Daryl of Lauren McFadden, who uh, started the show of, you know, all, all our prior hosts. Uh, we had, you know, Jackie and Emily and Savvy, Savvy. and yeah, we had all, all kinds of really great people uh, with us over the years. So yeah, I definitely just, and of course I'll, I'll, all uh, the listeners out there that have supported us over the years, yeah. especially through our Patreon, that's been greatly helpful. So, yeah, just want to thank you all again. You know, I, I you know, and I, I, I've mentioned this in the past before, but yeah, 
Kingdom Hearts Union has uh, really uh, been a really big impact on my life. Uh, it was through this that it sort of led me down the path of uh, pursuing the life that I live now, you know, living here in Japan, uh, pursuing my dream of uh, being a 3D character artist in the games industry in Japan and uh, I can definitely tell you that uh, it's through direct uh, influence of this show and all the things that we've been able to do on this show that I've been able to uh, go down this path. And yeah, I just want to thank everyone uh, involved uh, that has uh, made this uh, possible for me. So yeah. Happy 10 years to me, I guess. <laughs> Congratulations, Mr. Brandon. Thank you, thank you. So, yep, that, that wraps that up. So, uh, yeah, let's move on to the question segment. So we've got some uh, some one, some questions here that are going to require some thought. This first one is uh, I- an interesting one. This one comes from Mike Shaw, and uh, they ask, uh, the Kingdom Hearts series has been on a ton of different platforms over the years. But it totally skipped the Vita. If the Vita was successful enough to receive a Kingdom Hearts game, what would you have wanted it to be? And are you let down at all by there not being a uh, Kingdom Hearts Vita game? To answer the second question first, I'm going to say no. I am not let down at <laughs> yeah. all. It, fair, fair. It didn't matter because... I mean, to be fair, we barely got a PS3 Kingdom Hearts game. Yeah. You know, all we got were the remasters. And, you know, and then we got a PSP game as well, so... Yeah, yeah, exactly. And to... <sighs> to answer the first question, I think it would have to be with, like, maybe... You know what zero point two was. You know, Aqua yeah. Story. You yeah, know. that I makes think, sense. If anything, it would probably be a continuation of that. That's how basically the Birth by Sleep final mix secret ending was going supposed to be about. Yep, yep. And I'm also guessing if Nomara did put on the Vita, I guess that's what what we we were supposed to get originally. Yeah, I agree. I think, uh, yeah, ultimately, yeah. Sort of to answer the second question. Am I let down at all that we never got a Kingdom Hearts Vita game? No. And, uh, yeah, to answer the first one, I'm with you, Churro, 100%. I think, like, the absolute ideal that we could have possibly ever gotten was Birth by Sleep Volume 2. That's the very best we could have gotten. Because we obviously were not going to get, you know, like, a Kingdom Hearts 3 on the Vita. That was not going to happen. If it was going to happen on anything at that time, it would have been on the PS3, and clearly that was not going to happen. So, it, you know, the biggest it could ever be was just Birth by Sleep Volume 2. But I do think there were possibly some other options. So I'm, uh, I'm going to throw some of these out at you, Churro, see what you think about these. All right. Option one. Dream Drop Distance. Instead of being a 3DS game, it could have been a Vita game. So that's a possibility. 
That's a possibility. Um, though Nintendo did want a Kingdom Hearts yeah. game on the 3DS. Yeah, fair, fair. And, uh, you know, ultimately, like, if you really think about it, like, Vita versus 3DS, which was more successful, obviously, 3DS was way more successful. So, Square made the right choice. Nintendo made the right choice. Everybody made the right choice in that case. But, you know, would the, you know, what if there was a Vita version also released? Like, what if it came on both platforms, hypothetically? I know, development-wise, it would have been weird, but... You know, yeah, that, it would have looked nicer. That would have been great, though, if it yeah. had happened. Like, at the time, like, one of the big complaints about Dream Drop Distance was that just the 3DS screen sucks so bad. Like, yeah. and the, the, the resolution's really bad, and, you know, the frame rate's not that good. So, if you, you know, port a game like that over to the Vita, you know, there'd be a pretty decent chance that it could look a little bit nicer on the Vita at that time, you know, that we didn't have... Uh, you know, the uh, HD version of it. But now that we have the HD version, it's like, who cares? Um, So I have one more. And I think this is probably the safest. Is what if we got Kingdom Hearts 1.5, 2.5 on the Vita? Um, Not 2.5, but more like 1.5, I would see. Yeah, at least, yeah, I guess at least 1.5. Uh, but I think that would be interesting to see. I would actually would have loved that though, because yeah, yeah, at the play, time play like that. we ha- like one of the biggest things that was on the like think about Square Enix's support of the Vita, its biggest stuff has been you know like the HD remasters quote unquote HD if you you call that on the Vita of uh, ten and ten two. Yep, like th- that was probably its most you know biggest game on the Vita was the port of ten and ten two you know, from the PS3 release to the Vita. So, you know, it it seems like of all the possibilities, that probably would have had the most likelihood. And I agree with you, Chur. I think 1.5 probably would have been where that stopped. So. But, like, even then, like, after all these years, you know, you know, we've gotten a version of 2.8, uh, 0.2, was made in Unreal Engine, released on, on PS4, and now Xbox and PC. So we got that. Uh, a prettier, better running version of uh, Kingdom Hearts 3D. We got that in, in Kingdom Hearts 2.8. We have a we have a version of that game running in 4K 60fps. Like, <laughs> I don't think anybody can ask for better than that. You know, no way Vita could give you that. And then, uh, yeah, going further than that, the only thing that we're missing is being able to play 1.5, 2.5 on the go. And that's something that, unfortunately, the Switch has been a letdown on. Hopefully, maybe one day the Switch could get one. Uh, maybe Switch 2, maybe Switch Pro. Like, Ch- Churro, do you think that, like, once, you know, hi- hypothetically speaking, let's say the next Nintendo console is a Switch 2? And not a Switch Pro. Because that's kind of the rumors that I'm hearing is that it's a little bit unclear whether or not the next handheld or the next thing from Nintendo, if that's going to be a Switch Pro or if the fact that it's already been like almost, you know, we're we're getting to the point where it's going to be five years since the Switch came out. If they might not just make that a brand new console generation. 
And I mean, if that's the case, do you think once there's more power behind the Switch, do you think that Square Enix would be more eager to support it with Kingdom Hearts? Oh yeah, most definitely. They already stated they already. E- I mean, they've already ported a lot of their games to the Switch. Yeah, so, that's true. I mean, I I mean, just like any other company would say, like a lot of companies have been having a lot of problems porting their games to the Switch now because of power of the console. Yeah, Even though yeah. games like The Witcher Three is running on it and Skyrim, but yet yeah, those are like watered down because they still have to keep it, you know, playable. Yeah, Runnable. I've heard the Skyrim ports not too bad, but yeah, Witcher. Oh my god, if you if you've ever seen Witcher on Switch, it's it's real bad. I mean, yes. it's amazing what they've done, but like, yeah, it's it's not great. Yeah, so considering how much detail Kingdom Hearts, you know, three was, you know, yeah. Um, so Namara would want to use something of a higher quality on the Switch, because, like, if, you know, I mean, yeah, you can make the argument that, you know, Melody Memory was was done on Unity, you know, at a lower quality. Yeah, That's why yeah. they were able to put it on the Switch in the first place. Yep. But, like, I think if it came to, like, a newer title, Nomura would rather, you know, Nomura being the person he is, he would rather put it on a stronger console. Yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. Yeah, I, I think, like, ultimately, maybe, you know, a, a next-generation Switch. I, I guess, yeah, it's it's going to depend on, like, how how well it's supported, what the, you know, level of uh, processing power is, and how scalable it is. Like, I, like clearly, the Switch as it is now is very scalable like it's it's impressively scalable even where it is now but the gap is still huge and now that the playstation 5 and xbox series x are out the gap is even bigger and kingdom hearts is primarily uh you know a you know, a TV game console series that you know goes for really high end production values that the switch just can't keep up with so hopefully maybe with the next switch there will be better means of doing some sort of scalability there uh some of the rumors that i've heard at least you know possibly with the switch pro is the fact that they're going to look into uh things like uh dlss and adding dlss uh and possibly vrr so uh, DLSS is a technology called deep learning super sampling, where it uses uh, NVIDIA's proprietary uh, tensor cores on its GPU. And basically what a tensor core is, is it is an AI uh, processing unit. It's a uh, special processing unit that is designed for deep learning AI processes. Uh, so NVIDIA have developed a, uh, a software that uh, can be shipped in uh, PC games right now called DLSS that can take a lower resolution image and upscale it with, you know, AI magic, basically, uh, to look really good in, you know, at a higher resolution. And in some cases... 
the deep learning super sampled version of the higher resolution is actually better in some ways than a native resolution of that resolution. For, so for example, uh, in a game like Control, uh, by uh, that was by the studio uh, Remedy, uh, they made things like Alan Wake and uh, Quantum Break and things like that for the Xbox. Uh, they have DLSS in in control, and yeah, you could take a internal rendering resolution of let's say like 1080p or 1440p, and then upscale that using DLSS all the way up to 4K. And things like text, like if there's like a sign or a piece of paper on the table, the text on that piece of paper will actually look sharper when it's going upscaled from 1080p to 4K than if you were to just render it natively at 4K. Because basically how DLSS was created was it was created by training the AI on resolutions at like 16K. Like something ridiculous, like really, really high, extremely high resolution. You know, it was training the AI on images like that. So it's actually able to sort of infer more information than there actually is in some cases. So it's a very impressive technology. And it's rumored that that could be a possible way to allow a potential future switch to in reality, render something at a lower resolution, but then use DLSS to up-res it to 4K or 1080p or whatever and save a lot on uh, processing power. They can render something lower, but then the AI will make it beautiful for your HD screen. So that's one thing. And the other possible technology that they might be looking into is VRR, which is called variable rate shading where basically depending on various factors, such as how much the screen is moving, how big something is on the screen, whatever, it can lower the resolution of certain effects in the frame. So for example, uh, there's a game, uh, Metro Exodus, that's using uh, VRR. Um, uh they use VRR to sort of uh, downscale some of the special effects in their game. So, for example, fire or explosions or what have you. And they can do this on a per-frame basis to uh, lower the uh, processing cost required to render uh, any given effect. Because uh, let's say you're moving really fast. You know, if it's a first-person shooter, there's a very good chance that you know, uh, uh, any any given explosion, you're not going to see it for that long because maybe you're turning away from it and maybe there's motion blur going over top of it. Well, if, if there's all this stuff blurring your image from seeing the explosion, why do you need to render that at the full resolution? You don't. So uh, VRR is, a, you know, basically just a rendering cost savings tool that can lower resolution on things that aren't that visible. So uh, it's very possible that the next switch, uh, because, you know, for, for those that don't know, uh, 
the Nintendo Switch and presumably the next Switch as well is powered by NVIDIA technology, whereas other consoles are powered by AMD. Uh, Switch is all NVIDIA using their mobile chipsets. So that's a potential reason why, uh, you know, a future Nintendo Switch might be able to take advantage of that sort of stuff. So, yeah, maybe. All right, moving on to the next question. This one comes from Nico Gonzalez, and he's got a spicy one. Hoping uh, Hoping your week is going well. I would love to hear your Kingdom Hearts hot takes. It can be anything throughout the series. Here are a few of mine. So here's some of uh, Nico's hot takes. Number one, I prefer Keyblade transformations to drive forms. I agree. I also prefer Keyblade transfers, uh, transformations to drive forms. Number two, Chain of Memories is the most streamlined original story uh, re- regarding the Castle Oblivion segments. And was a great starting point to the series prior to the HD remakes. Second to Kingdom Hearts 1, of course. I, I think that's fair. I think fair. Kingdom <clears throat> I think Chain of Memories is a better starting point than Kingdom Hearts 2, at least. Yeah, of course. Yeah. The classic uh example. I played I played Kingdom Hearts 1. Why don't I understand the story in Kingdom Hearts 2? Uh, next one. Uh, I never want to see fully fledged Star Wars or Marvel worlds in Kingdom Hearts. If they were to be implemented, I would prefer characters to show up in original worlds, i.e., Final Fantasy type cameo, or how Geppetto and Pinocchio were used in uh, Traverse Town, or as a secret boss. And then the last one the next saga should be return to form and only focus on Sora, Riku, Kairi, and maybe Namine. The other trio's stories are wrapped up and should stay that way. Would love to hear your thoughts. Thank you for all that you do. So, Churro, you got any uh, hot takes for us about Kingdom Hearts? Could be anything in the series. Uh, Not at the top of my head right now. All right, well, I'll let you think about it. I think uh, I'll, I'll see if I can come up with uh, some hot takes. Um, well, let me just quickly comment on some of these that y- you put out here, Nico. So I would say just to comment on that last one, the next saga should be a return to form and only focus on Sora, Riku, Kairi, and maybe Namine. The other trio stories are wrapped up and should stay that way. 100%. I'm there. I'm with you. I agree with that, too. I agree with it. My only thing. Axel is a very popular character. Now, I know Quentin Flynn is embroiled in some stuff. Uh, Fujiwara Keiji has unfortunately passed away. So both voice actors may be out of the scene when it comes to Axel but that doesn't stop him from being a very popular and important character. And I would go go on to, you know, take that even further and say basically everybody that you saw in that uh Super Groupies illustration of them wearing the casual clothes 
which that would, you know, in addition to Axel, that would also include Kyrie or uh, uh, Kyrie and uh, uh, Roxas and Riku and Sora. Those are the characters that are really, really popular, and I don't think Namora will just let them go. Of course not. Yeah. Now, the other ones, like, do we need Isa? I don't think so. Do we need Hainer, Pence, and Olette? No. No, God, please no. Do we need Shion? Not really. No, not really. I think she's fine. To be honest, do we need Roxas and Axel? No. I don't think we need Roxas and Axel. The problem is Roxas and Axel are extremely popular. That's the thing. And therefore, I don't think we'll get rid of them. Sora, Riku, and Kairi need to be in there. Because Riku's Riku, and Kairi hasn't done anything this whole series, so she needs to do something. Well, we'll see. Yeah. For that. I guess the other big question. Churro, do we need uh, Ven, Terra, and Aqua? Mm, not really, but with, with Kyrie's training with Aqua. Yeah. You know, we probably will see them. But they'll they'll probably be like more s- smaller roles and I hope so. Big focus. They're they're I would I see them, those three, as being too much tied in with Xehanort's story. Yep. Like their existence is too much associated with Xehanort. I just don't see them having much value beyond that. No, not only that, now you got Vin tied in the Union Cross story, too. Yep. Yep, exactly. So, oh yeah, I guess Ven now is getting more important. Vanitas as well. Oh, God. <laughs> uh, things are getting complicated again. As they always do. Um. So, yeah, I, I, I'm with you on that, Nico. Um, Trying to think of uh any hot takes that I have in particular. Um, I mean, this might be a super spicy take, but I kind of feel like Kingdom Hearts probably should have ended with Kingdom Hearts 3. <laughs> that should have been the ending, and then maybe they could have gone on to make some other game series. Or I... that, that Kingdom Hearts 3 should have been a clean cut, and... Absolutely no story plot point should be carried over, and it should be a hard reboot. Not hard reboot in the sense that, um, like, we're starting again from Sora being a kid. Not that. I mean more just, like, hard cut. All plot points from the past happened, but are functionally irrelevant. And if someone wants to start at Kingdom Hearts 4, they can. So, like, new characters and all that. Yeah, new characters, you know. Kind of like Tui and Neo Tui. You know, the continuing adventures of Sora and gang. The evil has been defeated. You know, this is not like, uh, you know, Dragon Ball Resurrection of F. It's like, hello, Goku. Hello, Goku. It's me. Again, Frieza, back by popular demand, because all my other villains were not as popular. You know, it's not that. It's, we killed Raditz, 
Raditz is done. We killed Vegeta. We killed Frieza. We're back on Earth. Oh, Frieza came back. Well, we killed him again. Okay, but now for real, androids. Nothing to do with Frieza. Nothing to do with Vegeta anymore. This is a new problem. Not saying the old problems didn't happen. Vegeta's still a salty man. You know, Frieza still came back as an android. Maybe some people are kind of dead or have been revived by the Dragon Ball a few too many times. All that stuff happened. But Frieza has no bearing on the androids. Could you start Dragon Ball there? Yes. Should you? Nah. Not really, but you can. So, yeah, I'm... I guess my hot take is I want a brand new start for a brand new starting point for Kingdom Hearts fans. And I've beaten beaten this drum like about a billion times. So I I don't need to like uh, belabor the point. Um, I guess as a direct response to the Star Wars and Marvel worlds, um, I'm going to counter that and say uh, I do want a full on Star Wars and or Marvel world. And I think it would be amazing. And I think Star Wars in particular needs to be in Kingdom Hearts. Marvel. Look. As someone who. Made Captain America and put him in my portfolio. And wants to work (laughs) at. A particular game studio that makes Kingdom Hearts. Um. I absolutely think there should be Marvel Worlds in Kingdom Hearts, if only to give me work. Do I actually want a Marvel World to play in? No comment. I plead the fifth. Do I want a Marvel World for the purposes of, hey, that could get me a job because I already made a Marvel character that's in my portfolio that which you can find on artstation.com slash Brandon Gonzalez, B-R-A-N-D-E-N-G-O-N-Z-A-L-E-Z, all lowercase? Wow. Yeah, maybe, <laughs> but... <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, you know, a Spider-Man world would be fun. I feel like Spider-Man and Sora could get along. Imagine Sora web-slinking in across New York City. Thor would be fun. Like, Thor's... I would say Thor is relatively fantasy enough. You know, maybe something like Ant-Man might be a little bit too real. It's funny, though. Maybe not Captain America, despite the fact that I did just talk about how I made Captain America, but whatever. Anyway. Uh, Churro, did you think of any uh, any hot takes? Uh, I want a nominee game. Oh, a nominee game would be cool. Alright, if you had a nominee game, would you, so you, you would play as nominee, right? Yeah. Okay. It'd be, but unfortunately, it would be something similar to like Melody of Memory, because like all, num- yeah. all nominee does is have connections to Sora and his memories, and those are connected to him. Okay, hot take. Melody of Memory should have been a nominee game. There you go. That that would be a good one. Yeah. 
why does Kyrie have to be the the main character of Melody of Memory? Honestly, they they both could be, honestly. They could have been, but it's like now that I'm thinking about it, Churro, like Namine canonically has those powers. In Kyrie's case, she's barely experienced anything. And if anything, she only is aware of this stuff because some people told her about it. And yeah, you might say, oh yeah, but her heart touched Sora, whatever. Namine is literally a being created out of that that plot point. And she literally canonically has all of that stuff, you know, in her wheelhouse. Okay, hot take. Melody of Memory should have been Namine's game. And she wasn't popular enough. And that's the only reason why Kyrie made it. Despite the fact Kyrie hasn't done nothing this whole series. And she was barely even featured in this in Melody of Memory to begin exactly. with. Exactly. <laughs> she wasn't even in Melody of Memory, basically. Till the very end. Ugh. Alright. So I, I think I think that's a good uh uh way place to end that one. Alright, last question comes from Daniel Williams, and they ask uh there was a rumor a while back that Square Enix was being acquired by a big company. If you had to pick a company, who would you be okay with owning Square? I want to just quickly mention that this rumor, by the way, has been squashed. Square Enix themselves came out and said they are not being acquired. They're not looking to be acquired. This is all very hypothetical. All right, Cher, what do you think? Who would, I would, who say would you Sony. want to own Square? Sony. Yeah. I'm I'm kind of with you. I think Sony would take really good care of Square Enix. I mean, considering they took good care of, um, was it Insomniac and, yep, and uh, you know they took a good care of them. And what was another company? Um, I mean, so this is not an ownership thing, but like you know he they helped Kojima a lot with uh, Death yeah. Stranding. Um, yeah, there's there's a lot of companies that like. And, and and not only uh you know just with ownership but just like uh in terms of history when square and when uh squaresoft had their big financial failing known as final fantasy the spirits within who was there to bail uh square enix out it was sony sony injected a bunch of cash into square enix after their big financial flop and that's why, you know, they announced all these uh, games off off of the back of that. It's like, all right, here's uh, Final Fantasy uh, 9, 10, 11. And where are they supported? Sony platforms. Yeah, 11 got a Windows PC port, but that's because it was an MMO. But, like, hardcore Sony support. Three Final Fantasy games back to back to back. So... Sony has a really great history with Square. And actually, lately, like, just look at what they're doing with Final Fantasy. Like, Final Fantasy VII Remake, exclusive to Sony platforms. Like, Sony clearly made Final Fantasy VII Remake happen. It was on Sony's stage that it was announced at. Uh, Final Fantasy XVI 
you know, uh, a, a PlayStation five exclusive and eventually it'll come to PC, but like, I'm not hearing Xbox. I'm not hearing switch. And remember, this was, this is the same. Yeah. This is the same square Enix that back in, uh, you know, 2010, I want to say, uh, or not 2010 in, uh, it was like 2007. I want to say they announced a partnership with Microsoft to, uh, release Final Fantasy 13 on Xbox 360 and PlayStation 3 simultaneously and that was a big kerfuffle back then but now you look at how Sony is now and they're very much you know at, at the table with Sony so I'm I'm with you Churro they have a great relationship and a great history so far I mean, yeah, in the past, you know, like in the uh, the old past, you know, on the uh, NES days, uh, Super NES days, yeah, they were really uh, close to Nintendo. But uh, in terms of like, I don't know, in terms of the kinds of games that Sony made or the kind of games that Sony makes and the kind of games that Square Enix makes, it it, it definitely feels like to me that S- Sony and Square Enix are the most compatible. Like I, I feel like Microsoft is slightly compatible, but I don't think they understand Japan, which is the that's probably their biggest problem. And you know, you look at their last generation and what they did to Platinum Games with uh, what was that game? Scalebound. Yep. Scalebound. So that 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 I think th- there's a bit of bad blood there. And yeah, now they own Bethesda, and then. Uh, you know, vicariously, they own uh, Tango Gameworks, which is uh, creators of, uh, I forget, that not Resident Evil game, and then uh, now also Ghostwire Tokyo. So, I don't know. I'm, I'm with you, know, Churro. Uh, Sony seems like the most likely thing, but I think uh, another possibility, this is a scary possibility. We, you have to remember, when it comes to this, these like ac- company acquisitions, you know, everybody's thinking about platform holders, you know, console manufacturers. But what if it was, what if it was Disney? What if Disney yeah. came in and just bought Square? That'd be what pretty if interesting. It, yeah. Or what if it was like a late stage capitalism nightmare? And like, it was like just some super mega corporation that has nothing to do with anything. And they just own properties and stuff. And, you know, look at like uh, Tencent in China, like they buy up studios like crazy. Uh, There's this uh, group out there called Embracer Group that like, I don't know, I think they own uh, Gearbox and they're just apparently they're like in talks with hundreds of companies to potentially acquire them. And they said like, oh, yeah, and we're at late stage talks with um, like 20 companies to acquire them. It's like it's just this huge uh, investment firm in China that's like buying up a bunch of game studios. You know, even uh, you know, Tencent owns Epic Games. You know, <laughs> Epic Games, owner of uh, Fortnite and Unreal Engine, the basis for a lot of modern video games. So it, you know, as nice as it might be that Sony, you know, uh, you know, a fellow Japanese company would be the one to you know to buy them out uh it it could be bad it it could be just like some random investment firm that has no interest in video games and just like uh completely uh just buys them out 
That could be bad. You, you know, you might be an interesting acquisition company. Mm-hmm. Atlas. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so I mean, you would have you would have like a Final Fantasy and Persona. Yeah. Well, I think so. Atlas now they're actually owned by Sega, so oh, I guess it would be Sega buying Sega. Uh, Sega buying Square. Well, that would mean that you could have Sonic and Yakuza and Persona and all of them together. But yeah, that would be, be cool. interesting. Cool, cool crossover possibilities. But yeah, I would say in general, though, I want Square to remain independent. I think Same that's here. the safest. It's uh it's it's better if Square Enix stays. Square, Square Enix Square has done good on their own, you know, minus the the thirteen and fourteen years. You know, kerfuffle like you called it, yeah. you know. Like, but uh, you know, now they've done so much better with themselves. You know, fourteen rebounded. Oh yeah, things have been great. Fifteen, uh, you know, was decent. It was okay, not the best. Uh, now you got like you know, sixteen coming out. Kingdom Hearts series is good. The Dragon Quest series, people are playing. You know, the those for the first time now. Yeah. Now you got for the Nier. first time in like forever. Like a Dragon Quest game is actually kind of popular overseas. Yeah, and now you got the Nier series, you know, bringing lots of love over. So it's like, you know, Square Enix is doing pretty good for themselves right now. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, actually, yeah, speaking of which, Square Enix is actually, like, doing really good this year. Um, they, uh, I forget the exact figures. You can look it up, but, like, like this has been a hugely uh profitable year uh let's see uh overall square enix uh consolidated net sales uh increased by 27.6 percent year on year and uh yeah apparently profits have rose yeah about like 27 percent. so it's huge uh like profits have raised so i guess their overall revenue is like three billion usd just crazy and their profits have gone up 245 and a half million so that's like uh like three or three games worth <laughs> three game budgets worth profit over which is great and this is in the same year i might add where they had their big uh bomb known as uh the avengers game <laughs> Still, somehow, you know, off of the back of that, they still did really great. You can thank things like, you know, their MMOs, uh, FF14, Dragon Quest X, uh, big titles like Seven Remake, and uh, mobile titles as well. So, yeah, Square Enix is doing great. I don't think there's any reason for them to merge with anybody. If anything, maybe Square Enix should buy some people. <laughs> Churro, if if you wanted Square to buy anybody, who who would you want Square to buy? Hmm. I guess they would have to be available, which you know, like you said, like you know, uh, what you call it? Uh, you know, you, Atlas you know what? is cool, but Atlas isn't necessarily available. But but 
let's just say unrealistically and hypothetically, uh, if you could choose anybody, I think the biggest case of irony would be Miss Walker. Yeah, that would be funny. Yep. <laughs> oh man, he left, and then just when they, just when he gets out, they pull you back in. Oh man, that would exactly. Be funny. That would be the biggest like ironic thing ever. Spinning by his Hironobu uh, Sakaguchi's company, Miss Walker. I'm back. Yeah, that would be funny. Yeah, by Miss Walker. I guess like I remember there was those rumors of like uh Microsoft maybe thinking about buying Sega. Like what if Square Enix bought Sega? Square Enix Sega. Bubby. Sega or just drop the drop the Enix, call it Square Sega. Square Sega. Sega Square. Sega Square. Sega Square Enix. <laughs> Yeah, that's uh, yeah. I I mm, I mean, I don't know. I don't. I don't think they should. But like, it'd be pretty cool if they did. Oh, you know. Okay, I got a good one. Platinum Games. Ooh, that'd be good. I think that would be a good uh, acquisition. Like, you know, Platinum Games. I'm glad uh, with them being you know independent and uh, actually. Uh, <laughs> more than anything, I I think I'm I I want them to stay completely independent because they're they're actually they've actually finally made it so that they can start publishing their own games now so you know apparently they're gonna start publishing their own titles um where they up until now they've been very uh beholden to uh dealing with publishers so i don't want platinum to be bought by anybody but you know, just thinking from a pure fan perspective, like, man, Platinum makes such good games. And, you know, Square has such great properties, and I want them to kiss more because Nier Automata was awesome. Yep. So that'd be good. Um, I think maybe some people just have like a bad taste in their mouth over them, but like uh, CyberConnect 2. I think CyberConnect 2 is a great studio. Like, they're really powerful. They have great. Uh, art team and they're really open such a great studio everything that i've seen of them like i've looked real hardcore because you know me looking for you know work in the game industry out here i've looked at everybody and i am constantly looking at everybody's pages and i gotta tell you uh cyber connect 2 is one of the most welcoming looking places i've ever seen in my life they are right. such a nice looking place and they're very open to foreigners <laughs> That's no, that's good. I really like about them. They have a whole recruitment page fully in English, which is great. And yeah, and not only that, they had in their recruitment page like uh like a guide, not like a or like just like a, a welcome article talking about like here's what you have to do when you're living in Japan and like here are th- here's how life in J- Japan could be different for, you know, for you compared to what it's like in your home country. Like, super welcoming. Like, most companies, even companies that have, like, you know, uh, that are a little bit more open to working with foreigners, they don't have a website uh, dedicated to talking about uh, what things you need to prepare before you move to Japan and, like, what your life will be like and what things will be different and, you know, what places are close to the studio you know that's something you'd maybe learn on the job before when you get there this is out in the public with cyber connect so i don't know just for me i really like them and i just think they're super cool so maybe that's just me uh 
another crazy one, but I don't think it'll ever happen, and I think it probably shouldn't. But it's kind of similar to the Miss Walker situation. Would be uh, Monolith Soft, Ooh. creators of uh, Xenoblade, which you know originally, or, or or more originally, creators of Xenosaga. And even more, more originally, before they were Monolith Soft, creators of Xenogears, <laughs> the game at Square back on the PlayStation that uh, was made by a group of uh, very young staff that didn't really know what they were doing so well and weren't prepared. And yeah, Square basically told them, uh, nope, you can't continue this. And they just decided to leave and uh, form their own studio. and. Yeah, it's similar to Miss Walker. It's one of those of just like super talented studio would be cool, but probably won't happen because it would be awkward. Most definitely. All right. So, yeah, I think that pretty much wraps everything up. So the music for this episode is a wonderful orchestral cover, live orchestra cover of Hand in Hand by uh, Takuan Channel. This is a Japanese uh, uh, fan orchestra that got together, and they they do a lot of uh, video game music. They have a lot of uh, Undertale, and they had uh, some Final Fantasy music. And yeah, I found uh, this uh, cover of Hand in Hand that they did. So I hope you enjoy that. Our next episode of Kingdom Hearts Union is scheduled for the 8th of June. So please... uh, Just before E3. Yeah. Great timing. We'll we'll be able to speculate what we think will happen at uh, at E3. Uh, I'll just say for right now, I don't expect much, but I, you know, we'll we'll see then. Uh, but yeah, as always, if you guys like the show, please consider subscribing to Final Fantasy and Kingdom Hearts Union on the iTunes Store. Just search for Kingdom Hearts, and we're number one. Yay! And you, of course, you can catch every episode at KingdomHeartsUnion.com, Spotify, or Kingdom Hearts Union's Twitter, which is at Cage Union. You know, I got some good news for people that like Spotify. Maybe they already know. But with the most recent iOS update, you can tell uh, Siri to uh, use uh, Spotify as the default app. So if you tell Siri to play Kingdom Hearts Union on Spotify, she could do that. Oh, that's neat. Yeah, so if you have Spotify downloaded... Uh, yeah, basically, like, uh, ever since I've done this update, like, anytime I ask, uh, Siri to, like, play a podcast, uh, basically she'll, she'll just, like, confirm and be like, oh, so, uh, what app do you want me to use to open that? And then she'll give me some options. And once, once you've set it the first time, which app you want to use, it'll be saved as your default. Uh, you can change it again later, but, um... Anytime you ask her to play something uh, podcast related, she can do that for you. Uh, this has also been really good for me because I use uh, YouTube music for my music service. So I've been able to get Siri to uh, default to YouTube music as well, which I did not expect that to ever happen. So that's been great. Uh, so, yeah. Oh, and uh, remember, as always, if you guys like the show, please consider supporting us at, on Patreon at patreon.com slash FFKHUnion. And if you have questions, send them to questions at gmail.com. All right, Cheryl, it's that time again. It is goodbye Oh, time. wow. We made we it. We made it.
Okay, guys, thank you so much for joining, and we hope you enjoyed the show. We'll talk to you again later. See you next time. All right, and uh, yeah, I'm Brandon saying goodbye. This has been a KingdomHeartsUnion.com production.